Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Let's go places. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Today's episode of Night Call is brought to you by Roswell, New Mexico. Catch the series premiere of Roswell, New Mexico, Tuesday, January 15th, only on The CW. It's 2.15 a.m. in Joshua Tree, California, and you're listening to Night Call. Welcome back to Night Call, a podcast for your strange days and lonely nights. Hello, 2019. First podcast of the year. Starting it off. We've been doing this podcast for about a year. Almost. Almost a year. It's going to be our birthday in February. The longest year in history. So we should create that wish list, not on Amazon, but on another platform of our choosing. (laughs) So you can send us presents. <laughs> Just to go behind the curtain a little bit, it has been like a very long time since we've sat down and done a podcast. I, I miss you guys. The miracle of banking episodes. Um, so thanks for all of your fun feedback, um, especially for our, our holiday specials and various night call museum episodes and whatnot. Um, those were really fun to do. So I'm glad everybody liked them. Me too. Hey, speaking yeah. of uh, night museum. And the <laughs> Black Mirror episode that kind of inspired it. We yeah. are going to talk about Black Mirror's new interactive episode and Bird Box. 
Bandersnatch bird box, <laughs> which somebody made the joke on Twitter that that's the guy who plays Doctor Strange. And someone uh, also made the joke that both of them sound like Victorian uh, names for female genitalia. <laughs> Very true. Bandersnatch so true. and bird box. <laughs> there is something very like uh, unplaceably hilarious about the name Bird Box, and I kept like searching for a joke about it because it just sounds like a fake name. For Let's a movie, talk about but... that because yeah, okay. So what Emily was talking about was that there was a, a conspiracy, possibly true, that Netflix was seeding some fake memes about Bird Box, astroturfing, astroturfing Bird Box memes to get the Bird Box memes are going. And they yeah. sure did get going. They did get going. They did. And now they're just real. And now they're real. And so there was an article, you know, as this sort of became a debate, but there was an article on the Daily Dot that kind of followed up with it and, like, I guess, talked to people at Netflix who denied that they had been astroturfing that said that all of the viral content was real. And the, the person who had originally kind of floated the idea that these were fake accounts that were um, at least seeding the bird box memes, deleted uh, their post and said, (laughs) (laughs) because the people who were being accused of having fake uh, accounts were coming back and and, because they were getting flooded with mentions uh, and said, you know, no, I'm a real person. I'm just like, you know, I don't I'm just new to Twitter, but I like Bird Box, whatever. Leave me alone. Right. I just Um, I just created my account two weeks ago specifically just to treat (laughs) Bird Box content. But how dare you? As one does. I mean, the the argument was very compelling because these were all mostly teenage looking avatars with like 15 followers who just created accounts and everything was a bird box meme that then received lots and lots of retweets and likes a suspicious number of retweets and likes to be sure Um, I mean Max Reed uh, my colleague at New York Mag he had very recently published an article I think around Christmas on kind of the idea of of fakery on the internet in general and how the real effect of it Well, that that everything is fake, but also that nobody accepts that anything is is real anymore. So everything is de facto fake. Like we're already at the mercy of the robots. I put that in quotes. But like, you know, the idea that not even a person online, like you have to verify that you're a human every step of the way to do anything on the Internet anymore. The idea of being a real person on YouTube, for example, it's more probable that that uh, an entity is a bot on YouTube than an actual person. So, like, we spend um, more time trying to prove that we're people than yeah. 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 I've also just the other way around lost my innocence about people on the internet, like being who they say they are. Yeah, I think right is yeah. like like most people are who they say they are and are like presenting themselves somewhat accurately. Uh, but some people just are not. Some people use yeah. the internet to be scammers. So so here's like the thing that I ha- and why I'm still skeptical about the Netflix thing because the other thing that happened with Bird Box. Bird Box is just like Bird Box the movie itself. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched it at all. It is it is dumb as hell. I really dislike this movie. Uh, but it's also just like boring and just kind of it's technically not a Quiet Place ripoff, but it may as well be yeah. like it because it's like based on a book that came out before Quiet Place. Okay, blah blah blah. But it's still like it feels engineered to kind of have that effect. It's sense um, horror. Yeah, yeah. It's or like Hush or like any of these other things where it's like you can't do one thing with one of your five senses or whatever. Right. Somebody um, was saying that means we're going to get to a movie where it's like don't smell anything. <laughs> I hope or so. You die. <laughs> I really hope there's a don't smell it. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's called Don't Smell It. Uh, <laughs> There's like a, a, a Junji Ito about just like a horrible smell that like overtakes yeah. the city. <laughs> ruins yeah. everything. Just like a death, I mean, a death stench that comes from nowhere. That's basically the plot of of Bird Box, except it's something that it's something that you can't see, but that your eyes like take in and, and you, then you want to kill yourself, which is like, OK, it's like an interesting idea, but it's just executed so unimaginatively. Anyway, it's not really the point. Like, I think that Bird Box has somehow become this this kind of container for all of our various anxieties about Netflix and viral marketing and, you know, what is real and what is fake on the Internet. Well, here's the thing is like I didn't initially question that people were like doing Bird Box memes and talking about Bird Box because they dropped it in such a dead zone. Right. They dropped Mm -hmm. it for Christmas. That was the whole thing was like it's a prestige movie premiering on Netflix and you can watch it from home with your family. But it's so a lot of people though. watched it. It is brilliant. I just was like, people will watch it because it's there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which it's like stay strategy. home and watch a thing that like Netflix tells you is a blockbuster event or right. go out and spend, you know, $100 for your whole family to see Mary Poppins Returns or whatever. Like, No, yeah. they did you know, a good job. And more people, I think, probably stayed home and watched Bird Box than went to see Mary Poppins. Well, I could also see yeah. that the argument of these things being real is that if you join Twitter and are a teenager and you have no followers, like, you're going to hop on the train of the thing that is being hashtagged yeah. just to kind of yeah. gain some traction. So that kind of makes sense. And also, I mean, clearly, like, the responses of, like, no, I'm real. I'm real teen. Like, well, okay. Like, robots don't do that. But it's my first, you know, thought when Emily brought this up as, you know, like an astroturfing thing. But I was like, but why? Because also Netflix, you know, Bandersnatch has been trending a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but why would they need to do that with Black Mirror? I mean, Black Mirror is talked about a lot. I don't know it's what its viewership is. It's not that they need is, to do but... it, but I feel like this came up in the Max Reed article, the idea that like all of the trending tags are just like fake and paid for, mm-hmm. for the most mm-hmm. part. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, that yeah. checks out. Right, that makes sense. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, it's all just like a con game on top of a con game. Like It's just like a, a house of cards of like people saying, oh, that looks legit. Like, I've seen so many kids talking about Bird Box, so Netflix must really know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, people will agree to have their property or their, their work or something on, on Netflix, for example. Right. Oh, so the other thing is that, that Netflix, I think it was that day that all this sort of started to happen, and or maybe it was the day after, but um, Netflix then tweeted out something on their official account saying that... Um, Bird Box was officially like the most watched film. Oh yeah, uh, I saw that. a Netflix original release. <laughs> Ever. It had been watched um, on some, something like forty-five million accounts or something. Don't they um, also not release their metrics? They don't though? release their so, metrics like... except every once in a while they'll be like, "This was a record breaker for us," and it's like, "How are we?" Like it would even be specious if it was, you know, so, well, like they released it, a monthly report or something. But but they don't even do that. So that how are we why, supposed to believe it? That when it's is this why super it's so thing. crazy. Right. The Black Mirror is at Netflix now. I know. Yeah. Um, and this episode in particular, Bandersnatch, which is like a standalone movie, uh, interactive kind of hypertext thing. Uh, it felt like it was about Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Did you also feel that way? I- I did not do it. I, I there's something so uh, you'll do it someday. Black Mirror. 
yeah, I will do it eventually. But I, I do feel less and less like immediate gotta watch it well, about Black Mirror. You should watch this in terms of it being about Netflix because it's about like a creator making something for like a shadowy company. Yeah. <laughs> that they're just like, just take the money and make the thing. Don't question it. Don't it's question be great. why it's happening or like how this happens. <laughs> I love Black Mirror. So it did feel kind of like a subversive thing to me especially I mean it, pro- it probably wouldn't have but then w- by the time I watched it I was thinking so much about the astroturf the astroturf yeah. really fucked with me yeah it fucks with you because it like it <laughs> makes you question the nature of reality it's more that I just totally didn't think of it until yeah. someone else pointed it out and then I was like wow I'm really still then, so naive about would marketing. you say you got red pills I got yeah exactly <laughs> can we invent like a new one like purple pills I know. <laughs> Perp pilled. <laughs> Stand by it. I got perped. <laughs> I got perped. I think, but I think the thing that's makes me feel like a tin hat crazy person about this stuff is that you know after the person who who ma- got that viral tweet about you know that I think these accounts are fake and and brought up like recorded themselves going back and looking at this one person's account and seeing that they had three followers or whatever, and then they rescinded this. But I'm just thinking like. Okay, yeah, there are probably plenty of teens who are actually doing bird box memes because, like you said, like it's the, a funny hot thing. So I think there are plenty of real bird box memes, but I do not at all. And like this is also from I spent way too much time that morning looking up all these accounts and yeah. did find some where it's just like this person joined this month. All they do is like content about right. Netflix. Yeah. It's like if like, you found out that like Tide invented the Tide Pods meme. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Right. It's all a conspiracy <laughs> by Big Tide to get Tide trending. Well, what's kind of weird about this stuff, too, is that the the companies that are making the products that I really or and the content that I really enjoy the most are also the companies with, it seems, the least ethics, you know? So it's hard because <laughs> it's like... I don't need to have anyone tell me to watch Black Mirror. I last year when we started the podcast, I had like an eye problem that I've oh, talked yes. about. And the old the first thought I had was like, but there's Black Mirror. Like I'm gonna how am I gonna watch Black Mirror? So, you know, like they're you preaching watched to the choir. it with your worm eyes. I watched oh it with God. my worm. I waited until I like could w- open my one eye enough and I was like, I'm gonna watch it. So like, yeah, okay, so there could be real people making these accounts. But I think that the seeding, I think the seeding is, you don't have to be thinking like a, conspira- a conspirator to okay, but to remember- imagine that. Because, I mean, people did that before it was called astroturfing. Like, I, I used to make fake memes about the housewives for my shitty job where I just made, like, a, where I was, like, a social media manager for, like, a, a fan site for Bravo shows. Like, I just made up of, like, jokes. Oh, don't question just the... Oh, crazy fans of Bird Box are just making these things because they love it. How dare you question the ethics of a giant company making these things they want you to consume? Yeah, it's like, can't we just let people have fun or something? But it's just, I mean, after a while, the argument becomes moot because there are then enough people actually doing the thing that they were led to believe was a thing to do, possibly by, you know, astroturfing or some other means. That Then it just becomes... Like the phenomenon becomes real; it's no longer synthetic. But well, it that's was, why they it, do it. Clearly, yeah. it works. Yeah, 
I, I don't know. It just makes me feel insane. <laughs> anyway. um, well, I was going to say, like, I feel like one of the things we always talked about on this podcast, even maybe many years ago, was the idea that, like, your phones are listening to you, mm-hmm. which was totally right. not mainstream at the time. And, like, we had a lot of friends who, like, worked in those industries who would be like, no, they wouldn't do that. And it's like, why wouldn't they? Right. And now we all know that and they do. And now we all do. know that they do. And it's, like, unquestioned. And I still feel like I, I see people all the time saying... Like people who are like tech reporters and writers saying that this can't be real. But I'm just it's like an Occam's razor thing. If you I think it was Dave Hill or something who tweeted about I think it was talking about Alouette cheese and then it's showing up on his Instagram. Yeah. And like like the Occam's razor of that is not like, oh, oh, it's a coincidence of all the things. Yeah. Right. Oh, you like cats and you like stripy socks, so therefore you'll like Alouette cheese? No, the the like easiest thing to <laughs> to assume is that like yes, you have a microphone on your phone. Right. Because then people would have to think about not having their phones on them all the time and yes. everybody yeah. has just like within a decade normalized that. Um, I mean, also just the thing about Facebook reading private messages where it's like that would never have even occurred to me, you know, that that was going yeah. on. And, you know, that that Facebook is, like, going, you guys aren't on Facebook. Not anymore. You but guys no, aren't on but, Facebook. But this is the thing. The, but the messenger I mean, yeah. thing, when they made everybody download that for your phone and you couldn't access your messages on Facebook yep. unless you had the messenger app, my spider sense went off immediately. I never downloaded the messages app because I was like, why are they having us do this? And I They're, kind of yeah. laid off of using WhatsApp, too, when they bought it because... Uh, I mean, I had been using that to talk to people like overseas. And then I was like, I'm not going to have substantive conversations on WhatsApp <laughs> anymore. Like, well, it's just I, not happen. I was on Facebook and um, a friend of mine posted about like a voiceover casting call for a particular model of a particular brand of, of car. And it was just on Facebook and I like liked it. And then I was like, oh, I still have the microphone from when we did the podcast in the garage. Like I'll record it. I record it. I send it. I hadn't Googled the model of car. I had not, like, you know, typed it out. Nothing. Five minutes later, I got a targeted ad for the particular model <laughs> of car, oh which gosh. I had never in my life. Sir. And it's like, obviously, this is going on. And then the, you almost feel, like, gaslit because you're like, I'm going. I have because to continue to use the also service. Also, because, yeah, like, remember when there was that picture of Zuckerberg where it was, like, his camera was taped over? And it was mm-hmm. like, yeah, because he knows. Because he knows. He knows, and they've all been yeah. lying the whole time, being yeah. like, "We don't know. Who can say?" Yeah, but they. I do. honestly don't understand how anybody's still. I'm sorry, Tess. I don't know how people are still on Facebook now, like or but like I'm on Facebook sad. for night they, call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, they own they own Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, if you're on if Instagram, you're on it's one, the same thing. I don't know. Jonesy was talking about how we're all robots now, and somebody was like, "I'm not a robot," and he was like, "Well, what's the first thing you do when you like exactly. wake up, and what's yeah. the last thing you do at night?" And they were like, "Look at me." phone didn't wasn't there something <laughs> look, at that, me phone. <laughs> look at me phone have a look at me phone because i'm a robot calling me birds <laughs> me bird boxes um <laughs> look you made an organic bird box <laughs> meme see a master i saw a good one today by dan daddario he made an art pop bird box meme oh nice <laughs> what your bird your bird box could be anything <laughs> exactly just like once a word it's a funny word it's really bandersnatch yeah. is also a funny word bandersnatch wins for me Banders, uh, there's no way that Bandersnatch is not a pornographic slang word. There's just no way. <laughs> I think it's uh, just a Lewis Carrollism. No, nah, it's not. It's, 
in 2019, which is where we are right now, because I almost said 2018, that's but it's right. 2019. It's 2019. You look uh, at the word Bandersnatch, and there's it's only true. One Maybe that's why he picked it. It takes it one step further, though, to feeling like like a Black Mirror. Like so many detractors have been saying for years, and which I try to ignore is like the Radiohead of TV shows. Yeah, but- yeah. <laughs> I believe I just said that. <laughs> also, yeah. It's, um, and yet. Even though it's based on a thing from Alice in Wonderland and it's Alice in Wonderland themed, it's very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I enjoy oh, it. Oh, I'll try it. I'll try it. Oh, I still yeah. love it. We should so do a much. Nathan Barley episode sometime. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the only and best show about the 2000s. This week's episode of Night Call is brought to you by Care of. Care of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. So it's a new year, and if you are trying to kickstart some 2019 health goals, Care of may be just the thing you're looking for. You can make health and wellness a top priority with the help of Care of's monthly subscription service, which takes a lot of the thinking and the footwork out of getting all of the nutrients that you need. When you go to TakeCareOf.com, you can take a online quiz that is a fun way to kind of figure out what your priorities are going to be as far as the nutrients and health goals that you are looking for. It only takes about five minutes, and it's a really simple way to find out where you might be lacking with some nutrients and vitamins and where you can get back on track to reach your health goals. Your personalized care of subscription box gets sent right to your door every month with personalized daily packs, great for business and on-the-go types. And a portion of every sale goes toward the Good Plus Foundation, which provides expectant mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. So you can feel good about being a Care Of member as well. Vegan and vegetarian supplement options are also available to match your dietary needs. I started getting my care of box last year and uh, it came with some things I knew I needed that were kind of my my go-tos like B vitamins and calcium. But I also kind of switched it up and tried um, some fish oil supplements, some iron supplements, other things that I found out from my quiz I might not be getting enough of. So it was a really, really simple way to get all of those in a really easy to use package. For 25% off of your first month of personalized care of vitamins, go to takecareof.com and enter promo code CALL, that's C-A-L-L. So one more time, that is TakeCareOf.com with promo code CALL. Should we take our email? Yeah, let's take a night email. Hello, ladies of the night. First off, just wanted to say I love the pod, currently binging the archives and can't stop. A couple of things. First, a potential guest would be who would be amazing is my friend Vice Cooler. In addition to running the Instagram Haunts of LA and taking group slash friend tours of haunted ghost towns in California and their surrounding area, he's also one of my great Disneyland buddies, a wonderful wealth of haunted and Disney knowledge. By the way, that's like exactly our sweet spot. Yeah, so saw, thank you for that recommendation. Vice Cooler, come on our show. I saw him in real life the other day. Uh-huh. Um, Didn't, I, wasn't that a person that people thought was you for a while? Oh, I think was so. it LA Haunts? No, that's Valley Haunts. Valley Haunts. This is Haunts of LA. We also thought Valley Haunts might be our engineer Roy's wife. Yes. Um, although she has <laughs> oh, denied right, it, right, right. but it turns out she has the same name. It's as really the person. weird. A guys. very specific name. Anyway. Wait. Okay. Finishing the email. Second. 
I live in Joshua Tree, and although I have yet to encounter any mention of Joshua Tree on the pod, have you guys explored any of the mystery of the high des? Once you get past the L.A. hipster invasion, it's something of a hotbed here of mystery, UFOs, murders, crime, meth, and probably ghosts. Would love to hear more on the topic. Happy night calls. So, Molly, didn't you just go to Joshua Tree? Yeah, I just went to Joshua Tree. I actually went to 29 Palms, which is next door. Yes. um, I had not been to the high desert since I was a kid when we went on family trips there. It is great. It is super weird. I totally agree. Definitely a place you might see some aliens. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, just being able to see the night sky is crazy. Yeah, it's very clear (laughs) out there. Mm Kind of makes you be like, oh, we invented light pollution to stop us from looking at this because it's so overwhelming and cool. Didn't somebody send us something else about an index of of where yeah ni- where like dark spots yeah dark sky dark place, sky places yeah, what's it yeah it's it's a thing about like encouraging more places to have less lighting so that you can see the actual night sky but again when you do see it you're like it makes you very feel very small in a way yes that is great yeah yeah the desert like has that, that in- weird overlap of hippies and preppers and alien people <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean I feel like the most famous Joshua Tree thing that's probably like falls in that realm is the Integratron yeah which is like which I've still never actually been inside Me neither. I've tried to go like so many times and, wait and what it's, is it's this always booked up. the Integratron is like know. an outsider art thing that mm-hmm. somebody made that is like a sound bath inside mm-hmm. it's, it's like there's no metal in the construction of it's like a dome but it's uh-huh. all wood so it like supposedly resonates really like I think it was tuned to the frequencies of Venus or something like that. I don't remember. Uh, but you like book, I, I think, like an hour, a couple hour. And you, yeah. Like, on is a, it a like mat. bent? Wo- like, how do they make without nails? Is it what? I, <laughs> hold on. I'm it's stuck. a dome. It's a dome. Yeah. But how do they make yeah. like a, a hippie dome? How's it put together? I think they did get the plans from Venus. That's yeah. what I'm recalling now. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> The ancient aliens. I'm going to be going home and looking up how they built this thing. Because <laughs> I think so, but it's like a thing you, you like uh, you you get the wood wet and then it can you can and bend then you it, bend you it, kind of shape it, yeah, yeah. and then you kind of weave it. It's like how you make a boat, you know. 2019 but, but night call is going to be all about yeah. building your own dwellings. Yeah, exactly. yes. <laughs> um, whole Earth catalog. More domes in More. 2019. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I enjoy hanging around the outside of the Integratron, which I've done many times because I'm like, oh, I can't go in. But I yeah. just want to like watch people hanging around. It's called the Integratron, which should yeah. give you a clue <laughs> right, yeah. about how we feel about it, which is pro. People say you like get nauseous. Like some people got nauseous because the sound is so intense inside mm-hmm. of it. Because they Ugh. like do um, bowls, like those sort of Tibetan yeah. singing bowls. Look, it's like Bird Box with your ears. It is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a sound bath. Don't listen. Don't drown in the sound yeah. bath. <laughs> I want to know like what the chicken and egg thing though is about um, aliens and paranormal stuff and preppers and stuff and the desert. It's the desert. It's I mean, the- I think that the, the solitude <laughs> certainly helps and like having it's an ability. It's the desert of the real. <laughs> So I can't go to the desert. We've talked about this before on the pod. I'm like terrified of the desert. I had to go to the desert. 
Um, I went to Indian Wells, which is pretty close to Joshua Tree. Oh, uh, yes. And Do some golfing. It was like a, a multi-family yeah. thing that I could not uh, talk my way out of despite really trying to talk my way out of it. It was in... The broad expanse. It was, I think, in late June, it was 120 degrees. Ah. So FYI, it was, it was like a record-breaking summer heat wave thing. And then I put my hand on the car window as we were driving through, you know, basically like approaching Palm Springs. It was too hot to touch. Um, And then we got there and we stayed. There are all of these like weird kind of like affordable resorty type things with like multiple pools and water slides and stuff. Yeah. Palm Springs, I like understand the appeal of it, but it is not for me at it's all. It's just odd. Because I'm not like a yeah. sun person. Mm-hmm. So like oh, the idea I, I like Palm Springs of like bake lot. all day in the sun, no, I can't in the do hot, it. hot sun. Because I feel you like don't I, though. No, you stay I, inside. Right, I but think. like what's the fun why in would that? You stay, why would I go somewhere? Why are somewhere? you staying inside? It's I can go outside at night and it's still warm and the stars, you can see all the stars and you can like walk around in a bathing suit at night and like get dry in two seconds out of getting out of a pool. Okay, it's, but it's great. when we went, I was like, <laughs> okay, it'll cool off at night and then I'll go walk around because all day I was like, I right. am not going out. In- I did, but then, then I'd be like going inside. degrees at night. It was 112 at 1030 <laughs> p.m. I took like a <laughs> shot of my weather app because I was like, I cannot believe this. And I went outside and was just like sitting there sweating and it was like so dark. But I was like, I see why people do this, but I'm just afraid just of like my own dark mental spaces. Being hot is not what I want generally. <laughs> yeah. The winter desert, I will say, was amazing. Yeah, it's Pro nice. Well, you went in like hot springs and stuff. Yeah, too. yeah. My friend, my friend picked a place with a hot spring. And then we passed a place that was called Old Woman Hot Springs Road. Ha! <laughs> that I looked I up. think I, I'm familiar with Old Woman well, Hot Springs Road. Well, total yeah. potential night call commune. Yeah. It was like a resort. Somebody bought it and turned it into a resort but it like hasn't been open since the 80s or something I somebody think... owns it it's just like a weird abandoned hot springs resort mm-hmm. and that's where you went you went to old woman no we hot went springs? to we just passed by you can't go there unless it's like on a special tour because it's oh, not weird. open to the public Ooh. which again i think there's like there's like abandoned things in the deserts there's military right. bases yeah, as part of what bases. adds to the ufo stuff and the weirdness i think that's the real core of the weirdness is the abandoned military bases mm. right well the another interesting thing about joshua tree i think like even more so than in Palm, the Palm Desert is the amount of kind of like uncool resorts and places to go there are. Like, like there are so many ads for just like seniors only. Well, it's resor- for seniors. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. But it's like not even the kitschy cool kind. It's like kind of like the Poconos or something out here. It like, is it's like just the sort Poconos. Of like, um, it also reminds me of... Um, Three Women, the Altman yeah, movie. Yeah, like, yeah. It's totally that vibe. Well, I was like, saying, oh, yeah. too, like people moving to the desert is like the moving upstate in New York. Right, right. Angeles. Exactly. Yes. You yes. know, when yeah. people are like, I got to get out of here. I'm moving to the desert. Um, but I was tweeting about moving to the desert. And then a friend of the pod, Alana Mae Johnson, informed me it will be uninhabitable soon. Because of global warming. Because of global well, climate change. When it was 120, I was like, at what point are people going to be going for vacations in the desert and then they're just going to die? Well, people do die in the desert, yeah. which is another reason why it's scary. Like, Death Valley is legitimately, like, it's, it's called, called Death, Death Valley. Valley. Right. <laughs> my parents and my aunt and uncle once went on a hike there where they, like, got lost and then told me about it, like, weeks later. Like, oh, yeah, we totally got lost and in didn't Death know where Valley. we were and it was so hot. Ha ha, glad we were alive. And I was like, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'd be really interested, though, in hearing if there are more night callers who live in the desert. Yeah. I feel like it's such mm-hmm. a divide. Like, if I had, if I were in my home in the desert, I don't think it would have the same effect. I think it's leaving the place where you live and then to going go to a somewhere. place that feels inhospitable and having that. You know, for me, it feels inhospitable, not for everybody. Some people love the desert, obviously. But, like, I'm very interested in what the, like, vibe as a resident is. Mm, Well, that, I think, is a whole other thing because, you know, it definitely is a Mm -hmm. tourism place for, Mm -hmm. like, L.A. people. But, yeah, townies and lifers there, I'm sure, have different opinions. I stayed at my friend's grandfather's house. He lived in Palm Springs, and he was, at the time, like, in his late 80s. And that was some, like, you just I just got a real good peek into that. Right. Well, that's also, like, when you go somewhere and you stay in, like, a real place versus going on, like, a vacation. Yeah. You know, when you go somewhere and you're like, oh, this is what it would be like to live in this place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give us your calls about the high desert, the low desert, the in-betweeny desert. <laughs> the food desert. The food- Any desert at all. <laughs> And dessert. Yeah. The food dessert. The food dessert. I would I would actually really welcome more food dessert <laughs> calls. I was looking. There was a peppermint hi-hat cake. I'm sorry. I digress, guys. There was a peppermint hi-hat cake on Instagram that looked like the best. What is a peppermint hi-hat cake? You say that like it's a thing that we are all familiar with. No, I was baiting you for you to ask me that question. <laughs> <laughs> it is... is a chocolate cake and then the frosting is which and I don't really like frosting that much but there is like twice as much frosting as cake but the frosting is marshmallow so it's like puffy and then you coat the whole thing in milk chocolate <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a I've been thinking about this cake for two it's weeks it's like a giant like mallow it's a giant oh, yeah. malamara looking thing but it's but I don't care for the like base of the mallow. it's like a it's snowball like cake yeah it's like a snowball cake it looked really good Whoa. if you want to look up the peppermint hi-hat cake I'm sure you'll find the exact one that I was talking yeah, about yeah tell us about regional cakes it's something we always oh, enjoy yeah. <laughs> because as we all know Boston cream pie is the not a pie but it's a cake but it's so good and it's the what best what is the Boston cream that. pie I don't know What's, no it is what? two well, layers of vanilla sh- cake with vanilla Custard in between, covered with chocolate ganache, and it's the best dessert. Huh. There's Emily, no other. Did you dessert. know this? Did you yeah, know what? Of course, it? everyone knows yeah. a Boston cream pie. I it's like one of the most now basic, like de- like deli case pie type things. It's so good. I can't Around, think about it's it. It's usually without... right next to the coconut cream pie. Hey, what's up? Uh, I'm a longtime listener, first time caller. I was curious uh, what is the chili industry like in and around Roswell and do aliens prefer red or green chili or do they go for Christmas? Thanks. Wow. That call came from Dalton, AKA sushi Jesus. Ooh. Thanks Dalton. (laughs) Interesting food for thought. Um, So we're, we in the middle of our conversation about the desert slash high desert, we of course must discuss the desert when it comes to aliens and the paranormal, um, New Mexico and Roswell specifically. Have you guys been to Roswell before ever? Never. No, but... I've been to Truth or Consequences. Ooh. Uh-huh. A great I've been town. to Santa Fe and Albuquerque, but yeah. I haven't been to... And I spent like a few days in Santa Fe and I loved it. And it had a lot of that kind of vibe also of like, I don't know, I think I got... Did I get you guys... Um, alien hot sauce from from Santa Fe. I I just remember like a lot of hot sauces, a lot of green and red chilies. I think it was green at the time were were the ones that were everywhere, and a lot of um, alien memorabilia. And I really liked the combination 
of all of those things. Spicy <laughs> aliens. <laughs> I would, I would totally, we should, I would totally do a, a, a tour stop of Night Call in, in, in Santa Fe because I loved it. Yeah, um, I went there a couple summers ago and also had a great time. It Didn't it rain while you were there? It rained while I was at like an ancient Pueblo site and that was like oh, the perfect. most spiritual experience Molly sold of my life. me on it because she was like, see, it's raining. It's raining in New Mexico. Yeah. You wouldn't Did you like it. put your arms out like in, in Jesus pose and, and open your mouth and be bathed by nature? We went to like an ancient, <laughs> ancient place. You know, I mean, that's also mm-hmm. it is you're like, there's ancient stuff here. There's like extremely like pre-European culture colonizing stuff here just everywhere. And it's, you know, federal land, so you can go there, and it's beautiful. Um, Yeah, there was, like, we looked over the Rio Grande, and there was, like, a crazy storm came in. And just, uh, yeah, just nature is amazing. (laughs) It makes you feel very, again, very small in a way where you're like, something is in charge. And that also makes you think of aliens. Right, because you're like, you're just like, other things are happening all the time that have nothing to do with me. Right. Which I love. (laughs) So they're bringing back, I mean, bringing back in quotes Roswell um, on the CW. Now it's called Roswell, New Mexico. But I think we all remember the, the WB show from the late 90s that was just called Roswell. And it feels like... The nostalgia wheel is turning and we're back to being into aliens in the same way that we were in the 90s. Uh, But now it kind of can take on a different shape. And well, after uh, vampires comes aliens. Right. Such are the the seasons. What are where do zombies fit? (laughs) Zombies are harder to fall in love with zombies. I mean, there are a couple of like zombie teen romance movies that are kind of jokey. But I think in general, there's more longevity to like. The aliens idea of falling and, into, yeah. yeah, falling in love with an alien or falling in love with uh, a werewolf a or a vampire. Yeah. The werewolf thing never really, well, I guess Teen Wolf. Yeah. All puberty. Right. puberty. I'll, I'll open myself up. Zombies are like their bodies are falling apart. You know, some people <laughs> yeah. are into that, Molly. That would be a good, like, sugar daddy. In the end, all of our bodies <laughs> fall <themed>. apart. Yes. <laughs> a sugar daddy zombie love sugar story. Sugar zombie. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Um, the CW's Roswell, New Mexico is interesting. It's more of a reimagining of, you know, it's kind of closer to the book and not not really, it's not a reboot. Yeah. So what's yeah. really interesting about it is that it kind of places um, the story, which is about Liz Orteco. She's a scientist and she ends up coming home to Roswell, New Mexico, following the death of her sister, which... Um, is, you know, there's more on that to follow. And then she ends up reconnecting with her friend from high school, Max. And something's off about Max, guys. Doesn't take us long to figure out that uh, Max. And his siblings. And his siblings. Max's family is uh, not not earthly. Not of particular. this world, perhaps. Not of this world. <laughs> yeah, and it's based on um, this book series called... Roswell High School. Or Roswell, Roswell High. High. Roswell High, Metz. sorry. Yeah. Um, but the new one is definitely um, more faithful in some ways to the original books than the WB show was, uh, specifically, like, more with the characters and uh, and just kind of the overall... You read some of the books also, right? I didn't read the books. Or you were reading about the books and you... No, I was reading about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You discovered um, that in the original books, the character... <laughs> 
of Liz was right. Latina and that they whitewashed it for the original show. Yeah, and yeah. So that was I was, I was in the current uh, Roswell, New Mexico, the new show. Um, also, slight spoiler alert, but I think it definitely deals with the idea of aliens and extraterrestrials in a more kind of uh, topical, political way. Uh, mm. And, you know, also being set in New Mexico, somewhat near a border, you can kind of see how that stuff might all come into to play. And um, in the in the original books, Liz had been Latina and now she's Latina again. Uh, that's definitely uh, her her love interest is now a cop. So, you know, there's like a lot of stuff that you can kind of play with as far as thinking about uh, like what aliens might mean to to audiences, especially like teen audiences or like yeah. young young adult audiences today. Like what you kind of what kind of uh, import or meaning you kind of assign to that. Also, yeah. shout out to the fake conspiracy podcast on that show, which was a oh highlight God. for me because I think that that's like the other interesting thing about the desert. We've talked so much about like coast to coast is when you're thinking about aliens a lot, which, you know, sometimes we are, sometimes not. <laughs> but it's like the the way that that kind of like curiosity and wonder turns into paranoia is an interesting descent, I think, to think about. Mm-hmm. And and especially, That's, you know. Yes. Yeah. And especially in the context of, like, you know, imagining what it's like to be in the kind of community that's, like, you know, dealing with paranoia, Earth-based paranoia yeah. and supernatural paranoia. Um, but I was really happy that that was included because that's I too close oh, yeah. to life, man. So <laughs> good to throw it in. There always needs to be a guy with headphones and a microphone. That's uh, us. We're that, that guy. We're that guy. <laughs> we're the the uh, chaotic good. Thank, yeah, shout out, <laughs> shout out to uh, Quartzly for featuring us on the list. Oh uh, yeah, by the way, and saying that we were back and weirder than ever. <laughs> which best I, um, compliment. It's like it's true. We are weirder than ever. I know, but the world is so, weirder yeah, than ever. It's true. We are the lone gunmen. Uh huh. The lone gun people. Yeah, exactly. What I think yeah. what's like really. One of the things that's really great about the CW's version of this is that it's very timely. And I kind of think it's like more interesting to see these characters as adults and and to, you know, have like this history of this person who has been living in Roswell and is an alien. But it's kind of like a revelation as an adult. But he's known, you know, Liz for a long, long time. So it's like, yeah, keeping this secret. It kind of has a little more gravity of them being adults and there's sort of more that the story can do with them being adults and especially with Liz being like a practicing scientific genius. You know, that definitely, I mean, I was watching the original show and like, you know, the most they can do is like study some cells in, in, in their science lab class. But, you know, when you have adult characters and like there's also a doctor that she also knows from high school who's Mm -hmm. sort of like trying to investigate the aliens and there's, there's kind of more possibilities for the show. And of course, everybody's very good looking because it's a CW show. So uh, there's that. But it's also interesting. <laughs> I mean, there there's the like, you know, it's not subtle, but it doesn't really have to be that, you know, that Liz is the child of undocumented immigrants and she comes in like it kind of opens up where she's stopped yeah. at the border and questioned. And yeah, the you know. first scene is like an ice detention scene, which is like it really shows you where the show is going to go from the get go. And I, I cool. liked that they were kind of just so upfront about it because I felt as though you know rather than kind of like stringing you along and having it you know it's just to like put it out there and and have it be like this crisis that also is very 
you know, true and relatable right now. Um, right. And I like that it's that. like, it's not just a metaphor. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and you have yeah. the people who are like the conspiracy theorists, but are also like the aliens in quotes are going to yeah. take our jobs. Right. <laughs> Which it is like literally what together. the podcast right. guy says. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But yeah, it's it's super interesting. And I really definitely it's in, I find it really weird that the, you know, previous show whitewashed Liz when like, why? would No, it's do like that? the <laughs> present catching up with the original. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because there's so much more you can talk about then. Like, you know, the stuff that her family is going through mirrors what the aliens are going through. It's just mm-hmm. like, it makes so much sense. And that was all originally from the book. So I'm glad that they brought that stuff back. Cause I also love when people, you know, take a show, of, you know, doing something like kind of bringing in like the like really most horrible things that we're dealing with right now and to just kind of talk about them. It's nice. Um, and like riff on them and especially yeah. with, with with genre stuff. I mean, I think that we like a night call. We love sci-fi and Twilight Zones type stuff because it's a way to talk about serious things, you know, kind of in a in a more flexible and kind of fun way. And, yeah. you know, really blow out some ideas. And I, there's definitely that feeling to it. Like, I mean, it's obviously a it's like a primetime soap on the CW and it has, you know, all of the fun of that. But also is, you know, addressing a lot of uh, actual contemporary issues in not a preachy way and like kind of a fun genre-y way. So yes, exactly. Cool. It pairs yeah. well with Riverdale. It does. It pairs super <laughs> totally. well with Riverdale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what, did you guys have any favorite uh, alien or paranormal related uh, things that you were into in the 90s when it was uh, when it was all the rage? I mean, I loved Independence Day. Yes, I loved Independence Day also. I very much identified with like the stripper who just goes to the roof with her friend from the strip club who just goes yeah. to the roof to stand on the roof with the other people in LA and be like, yay, aliens, <laughs> and then they all get zapped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think right now, especially, like people would love for the aliens to come because things are bad on Earth and it would like make sense in a way. I mean, I don't know why anyone would visit Earth now. Like, it just seems like, why now? Like, you had all this time when things were going pretty well. But if the aliens came now, wouldn't you be like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, I'd wonder. That's kind of why I liked Arrival so much. It felt like an an interesting, like, different angle on why aliens might come here. That they could be benevolent or, like, just sort of, you know, truly altruistic beings that don't think with their egos the way that human beings do so we can't even like necessarily analyze their, yeah, I like anything yeah. their that's motives like, that way the aliens might come but like we won't even we can't comprehend right yeah. right oh we were also talking about because there, there was an, an article in life science about how um, the drake equation which SETI people search for extraterrestrial intelligence if you don't know now, you know <laughs> uh, uh, that that that's sort of been the equation, the kind of like like philosophical way of thinking about the odds of of alien life being some, and, and the odds not only of there being an intelligent civilization somewhere in the universe, but also the odds of us coming in contact with it. And I think like nobody knows what the actual you know number or sum of the Drake equation is, but it's obviously like meant to kind of communicate the fact that the chances are slim. So I think like the idea of an alien coming to uh, Earth and or interacting with high schoolers and or falling in love with people (laughs) is like such a kind, it's almost like it's almost like a religious experience because it feels so like the odds are so uh, small or something or it takes so much faith to even like 
idealize something like that. I well, I read so this article in Live Science was by um, an astrophysicist named Paul Sutter, and I thought it kind of breaks your brain the Drake equation. He was basically saying that it's useless because you can figure out the you know percent chance of all of these different variables like is there life in the galaxy on what planet like will it be intelligent life but if you're missing any category like if you don't have you know any kind of idea of whether something's possible in one category then it nullifies the entire result basically because there are so many variable variables so i think what's like interesting about the idea of you know kind of imagining what would happen if aliens came to earth is that it's either probable it's like you have no there's no way of figuring out if it's probable improbable or what it would look like no matter how much you know about it until you figure it out so you can take you know you can have something like arrival where and that's to me like seems the most likely but like also in some ways the least fun because there's (laughs) because you know you don't get to have adventures with the aliens they solve world peace for you gonna be a little weird (laughs) spore in a rock yeah the spores i mean it's fun to think about in a way but then it's it's hard to really make a storyline out of that oh i mean yeah i like all the storylines where they're just like the humans are exterminated immediately and then it's just like what happens after that when there are no humans left Yeah, that's how i think about it i'm like we shouldn't get to go to other planets and like the uh, that way we'll leave a decent planet if anyone else finds it I later. I think it's too yeah. late, man. But I feel like well, that's I, what humans think and then we'll be gone and it'll go back to nature so fast. Right. But I think one of the things the, that's fun about the new Roswell, New Mexico, is that it's the idea that like there's a person who's an alien. I like that idea because um, I have a family friend who... You know, he's never heard of like all of these things that everyone's like he's there's just a little slight difference. And, and it's a fun game after he leaves <laughs> to be like, is he an alien? Is he? And like reasonable people, you can kind of keep the conversation rolling because right. it's like, but that it, there's Look no at how explanation. Long Mork and Mindy kept up that That's facade. what I'm saying. Mork and Mindy was Honestly, I don't think I could rewatch Mork and Mindy, but at the time, well, I was like, seems I like talked a totally about realistic this once, show. Once on Twitter with Emily Nussbaum, who was also apparently a Mork and Mindy super fan. It was really good. To the extent that she wore rainbow suspenders to school to no. be like Mork. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was just like, because Mork and Mindy was a Happy Day spinoff. I feel like I've yeah. talked about this before. And I was just like, isn't that weird that it was a Happy Day spinoff? And also that the idea of the show about just a woman with an alien boyfriend <laughs> was so popular for right. so long. But now it just makes sense. It's just so interesting to see what people like what you kind of superimpose the idea of aliens onto in different times. Like, I feel like the idea of having an alien boyfriend feels very 70s just because of like, I don't know, David Bowie or something. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't want an alien boyfriend? Well, it's or just also some... like if you're a girl, a misunderstood girl, you're right. like, who, yes. would un- who would be my boyfriend yeah. like yes. uh, from another world? <laughs> and that's totally what the I think the 90s Roswell felt like, like it, to me at least. And I was kind of going back and watching some old episodes. And it's very much about being weird or being an outsider and and, you know, having a secret and stuff like that. Wait, can we answer the red or green chili question? Yeah, we got to answer that. What do you guys think? Do aliens like red chili or green chili or do they prefer both, which is known as Christmas style? Oh, I like Christmas style. I, I'm going to go with green chili. I'm going to go in particular with the hatch chili. I, I mm-hmm. think I've expressed my opinions on hatch chilies before because they they pop up at this one grocery store in Los Angeles. They feature them for like three months and they just yeah. stink. So like I, I like chilies, but you can overdo a chili. And I was like, these don't belong here. Nobody buys them. I've never seen anyone Why? buy them. 
Because they like, it's too much. You go into the grocery store and everything has chilies in it. And it just seems like weird because there's no real reason for it. Never seen anyone buy these chilies from this grocery store. It's just, you don't want to. So you think the aliens are going to come and buy them all? I think it's an alien plant. I think it's to entice the aliens. It's a magnet oh, for the aliens to go to Gelson's market. And that's why it has a market. specific smell. It's it's See, I was going to say green hatch chilies because who doesn't like green hatch chilies? But wow. I guess this is, where, this is where this pot- <laughs> diversity of opinions exactly. on chilies. I personally prefer green chili, um, but I'm going to go Christmas style because it's the best. Whoa, hot take. I think the aliens, <laughs> well, you know, a little of everything is always the best. Wouldn't the aliens like to experience all we have to offer? I don't know. It's man. hard to imagine a green or a gray, rather a gray bean into into chilies in general and spicy things in general. Really? But, um, what do you think they eat? Like Soylent? I don't know. No way. I think they search the galaxy for the spiciest. For tasty flavors. The spiciest bites. I think they eat corn. What if the aliens come and they're like, oh, we're here to do our diner's drives? And like- <laughs> diner's drive-ins and diner's drive-ins and dives. <laughs> wait, Tess, are you suggesting also that there might be, like, the entire corn conspiracy might be to feed the aliens when they 100% come? 100% I'm suggesting that. I, okay, I'm back on corn again. I love okay. corn. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, but yes, uh, so Roswell, New Mexico will be premiering January 15th on CW, Tuesday at 9, 8 central. This was a great episode, guys. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Also, Tess is wearing one of our own merch shirts I right am. now. I, oh, good. I didn't have time to really like get ready, and I was like, I may as well represent. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Night Call. If you have questions, comments, want advice, have a favorite dessert, have ever been to Roswell, New Mexico, and want to share a story about encountering alien life, please give us a night call at 24046-NIGHT or a night email at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to celebrate our birthday in February, please come out to Gold Diggers uh, Bar in Los Angeles that uh, Molly and I DJed with DJ Ghost DJ Emily. Uh, Which we all love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gold Diggers is an awesome bar. Last time we uh, brought a pumpkin pie and ate it all. Maybe um, this time we'll bring a Boston cream pie. We will. Maybe. Emily will be there, though, more excitingly. And I'm, I'll be um, debuting my, my new actual DJ name. Yes. So and ooh, some, I'm excited. And some amazing <laughs> vinyl from Japan. Yes. It's oh, on yeah. February I'm 5th. Vinyl. I'm February 5th, this. February 5th, the evening. So come out, support Night Call. We'll probably have some shirts to sell. And we'll be very happy to see you. Yay. See you see next, you next week. week, everybody. Jinx. This week's Night Call is brought to you by Roswell, New Mexico. Catch the all-new series Roswell, New Mexico, Tuesday at 9, 8 central, only on The CW, or anytime on the free CW app. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Ibera Star Hotels and Resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. You're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.